Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Anyway, I'm going to welcome Julian to start our Advent series. Give him a huge round of applause. Good morning. I'm 90 next week. So, uh, oh, yes, I am. Oh, dear. Okay. Good morning. Lovely to see so many of you here. It's uh, obviously didn't get the note saying it was me that was on, but, uh, but uh, it's great. It's great to be here. We're starting our Advent uh, series, as you can see. Um, sorry, I've got here my bag for life, the grow baby, because being a prophet, I've already got my bag here. <laughs> I'm going to have to now. I'm going to I'm going to lose my good bag, but it's good because if you sew, we get a hundred next week. So we're starting our Advent Advent series this week. We're covering four subjects. I'm delighted to say that I've got the subject of light. Um, Looking forward to Christmas? Yeah? Yeah? Have you all opened your Advent calendar this morning? Yeah? Yes? No? No? Have have some people not got any? Oh. Deb's not got one. Right, well, okay, Deb's, you've got to... Come up and get your advent calendar. <clears throat> That's it. <laughs> now, you see, God is a God of grace. And, you know, years ago, they used to say, is anybody here with a headache? And you think, oh, I don't want to go forward. Didn't put your hand up. And then someone came forward. You thought, blow, I've missed my opportunity. So who else hasn't had a chocolate advent? All right. I've, I've only got two. So, um, there are, Alison, you can hand them out somewhere. Right. Lynn, Lynn definitely wants one. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> these, these, these are not gimmicks. These just relaxes everybody, so then the Lord can just speak into a relaxed heart. You know, we don't need tension. Let's, let's pray, shall we? <coughs> Father God, we come before you this morning with a tremendous sense of expectation. Because you are such a good father. You are such a faithful God. Lord Jesus, you do not change. You are full of love and you are full of compassion. Jesus, we want to thank you for who you are and we want to thank you that your Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. So Lord God, would you please speak to our hearts individually this morning. We ask in your precious name, Lord. Amen. Hooray, it works. So this morning, we are looking at light. Now we start with two verses. Isaiah prophesies years before Jesus comes, and he says this. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And, though, and for those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death, on them light has dawned. I'm going to unpack that a bit later. Jesus spoke to them and he said, 
I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, I've, I've had many Christmases. Um, if you don't believe me, you can cut my head off and count the rings. I've been, uh, had a lot of Christmases and I've heard a lot of people preach on light. So I thought, wouldn't it be good to take a slightly sideways look? So I will this morning be sharing about the amazing supremacy, the brilliance and the majesty of the Lord Jesus. But also, I want to look at a slightly different aspect, which I found extremely helpful over the last few months, and especially as I've been coming to prepare this morning. So I've got four simple headings. Jesus is the light of the world. Light, it's light, but not as we know it. Star Trek fans like to reread that. Light, it's light, Jim, but not as we know it. <laughs> Thirdly, light. <laughs> so I was thinking about Captain Janeway then. Thirdly, light, it's right in front of you. And fourthly, light, what light? So it's probably good that I'm not 90 because I wouldn't be able to say that straight after enjoying the um, beverages. So firstly, Jesus is the light of the world. I wonder what your first word was or your children's first word. Anyone want to shout out what their or their children's first word was? Dad. 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 Dada. Digger. Digger. Car. 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 Yeah. No. No. (laughs) Yes, somebody didn't read the James Dobson books, did they? Yeah. Well, our eldest daughter, you know, here we are, lovely, godly parents raising our eldest daughter. Looking forward to that first glorious word, mama, dada. Her first word was pudding. (laughs) I knew we didn't need a paternity test at that point. But her first words were pudding. And in fact, her second word was light, because I used to rock her in her arm. I used to sort of bounce my heels like that. It's probably ruined the tape. And uh, I said, where's the light? Where's the light? And she'd go like that. It's lovely. But our God, he's eternal. Our God was, our God is, and our God always will be. And within the Bible, within the word of God, the first recorded words that we have in the Bible, in Genesis, God said, let there be, let there be light. And in John 8, 12, as we've seen, Jesus claims that he is the light of the world. Now, the writer to the Hebrews says this. He says, Jesus is the radiance of the Father's glory. I haven't got time to unpack this, but Jesus is, not, Jesus is not an extra to God. Jesus is God. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Colossians says that Jesus is the exact imprint, the exact nature of the Father. Jesus is God. <laughs> Jesus was not created. He is God. Yet he is the light of the world. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 says, For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Wow. Psalm 36 verse 9 says this, For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. And at the end of the book in Revelation 
talking about the city of God. This is amazing. And in the city there was no need for sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. Jesus is the light. So we can see from this that Jesus is the light of the world. Now, a few weeks ago, uh, Simon was sharing about Paul, or Saul. He had his encounter with Jesus on the Damascus Road. And um, as any preacher will tell you, you shudder with fear when the person two weeks before starts sharing the verses you've been preparing. You're supposed to be thrilled that God is a God of order and saying the same thing. But I was worried he was going to use all my material. <laughs> just, just being honest, sorry about that. So if you would like to kindly cha- cha- um, turn to Acts 26. I feel very echoey. Do I feel echoey? No? Okay, that's just me then, that's fine. As long as you can hear me, that's the main thing. Thing, thing, thing. <laughs> okay, so Acts 26. Nice chunk of the, the Bible. Most important thing that we can read. So this is Paul. He's making his defence before a guy called King Agrippa. And he's just unpacking the story that uh, he'd been in Jerusalem. He'd been getting letters and permission to go to Damascus to basically do horrible things to the Christians there, put them in prison. So this is Paul speaking. He says, I journeyed to to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when he had fallen to the ground, I heard the voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Those are sharp sticks. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, imagine how Paul felt when he heard this. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. But rise up and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things which you have seen of me and those which I will, sorry, and those in which I will appear to you delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open the eyes that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, and that they may receive forgiveness of sins and place a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So here's this man Saul, who went on to be called Paul. He was cruelly persecuting the followers of Jesus, and he encounters this Jesus for himself, And he says, I saw Jesus, I saw a light brighter than the sun. And probably like me this time of year, you find driving to work in the morning quite hard, don't you? Why is it I always live somewhere, I work somewhere, which is southeast? And you just get blinded, the light is so strong, it reflects off the road, you can hardly see. And yet this light was brighter than the sun. And Saul was commissioned by Jesus to open the blind eyes that people would be turned from darkness to light. <clears throat> Excuse me. These are amazing promises, amazing promises about light. But do you see what then happened to Saul? He has all these prophecies and these words from Jesus about light. What then happens to Saul? Question time. There's no prize for this one, so. He was blinded by the light. There's a song there somewhere. I wonder whether he thought he would ever see again. 
And for me, this is where we hit reality. This is where I sort of come into my, I'm coming to my own. See, Jesus is the light of the world. And Paul encountered him. And his spiritual eyes were opened. <clears throat> but his physical eyes became restricted and he became severely impaired. You know, it's, it's time to get real and it's time to get practical, isn't it? Often in the Bible, Jesus or God appears to people and he starts disrupting their status quo, shakes their circumstances. He starts honing people because he loves them to just draw them more into blessing, to more draw them into his purposes. And to our natural eye, it makes absolutely no sense. How many times has God called you to do this and then immediately that happens? Sometimes it's not the devil, it's God who is dealing with us. In the Old Testament, we hear about a man called Jacob, and it says that he wrestled with God. He wrestled with God, and he got two things. He got a blessing, and he got a broken or dislocated hip. That's right. So he'd met with God, he'd had this amazing blessing with God, and now he's limping. Daniel, this amazing guy in the, in the Bible, I just think he's an amazing guy. He has these visions and, and these, these visions of the end times, these kind of encounters with God, explain to him what's going to be happening in the end times. And when he's finished those visions, he's not kind of, oh Lord, that was wonderful, I'm so invigorated. He was sick, he was wiped out, he was finished. He'd had such an encounter with God. And I'm here this morning encouraging people that God is a God of healing. <laughs> You see, I would rather be prayed for someone who's limping, who's met with Jesus, than a professional Christian that knows their Bible. Would you? What's so beautiful when you stand up here is you look round and you see folk, and I have the privilege of knowing where a lot of folk have been and some of the struggles and stuff that folk have been through. I think, yeah, they can pray for me because that's integrity. They've met with, Julie. They've met with Jesus through the difficulties. At the minute, as a church, we're, we're encouraging one another to pray. We're encouraging folk to be prayed for at the end. We're encouraging people to be prophetic, to share pictures, to seek God for words and so forth. And that's really good. And uh, if you sense God is calling you to do that, let me just say this. Do it. Seek God. Pray for one another. Lay your hands on folk. Pray for people who are sick and unwell. Pray for the discouraged. It's a really good thing to do. However... If I'm now allowed to, now I'm getting a bit older, just give a word of things that I have seen. And I would say this, be very careful not to dive in to pray for a limping Jacob. Explain what I mean. You can come to worship space or whatever, and you might see me, and I'm in the heat, I'm on the floor, and I'm crying. Now, here's the thing. It might not be that the Lord is bringing up some awful abuse memory from my past. It might be that I'm just meeting with Jesus. So let's be wise and let's discern when we go and pray for one another. Uninvited, if you know what I mean. When people come forward to be prayed for, that's a good thing to do. But other times, if you see someone, it might be they're already having, doing business with God. And not in this church, but in other places, I've been almost interrupted when I've sought to try and be close to the Lord. And then someone comes and slaps me on the head and says, God wants to do this. And I thought, oh, does he? 
we, we are encouraged to follow the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit, what are you doing in that person? Can I come alongside and encourage that person? He might say, yes. And normally he will, but sometimes he might say, it's okay, I've got them. Let's be wise. Because if we're going to grow up in the things of God, we have to learn step by step. And I've learned the hard way. <laughs> now, Simon often says, and I love it when he says it, although I don't like what he says, and that is that Jesus messes with our heads. Does he mess with your head? Yeah, he messes with our heads. He messes up our plans. He messes up our programs. And he messes up our perceptions. Jesus says to Paul, you are going to open blind eyes. And then Paul is blinded. So two, light. It's like Jim, but not as we know it. So Luke chapter two. Now we're getting to the heart of the Christmas story. So if you'd like to turn to Luke chapter two. Of course, you've got the Gateway Bible app if you want the Bible on your phone. It's very good. So Luke chapter two and verse Uh, Seven. So Jesus has been born, and this is what happens. So in the region, that's that's outside Bethlehem, it says this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and will be laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God. In the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went in haste, and they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Excuse me a moment. So Jesus is born in Bethlehem and just one angel appears to the shepherds initially. Now we know, we heard last year that the shepherds, they were kind of outcasts of society. They weren't really valued within their community. And yet this glory and this light shines all around the angels, around the shepherds. And the angel speaks to them of Jesus And then suddenly, with the one angel, there is a whole host. Now, we've all grown up with the Christmas cards, haven't we? And we've all grown up with the rude versions of while shepherds watch their flocks by night. But just imagine that one angel, the glory of these outcasts, these rejected people in society. This is who the angel appeared to. And then a host turned up. I looked up the word host, trying to find out how many it was. It doesn't really say. It's like an army. It's a multitude. It's a vast number of angelic beings, and they were singing glory to God in the highest. 
And yet it fascinates me. Why wasn't the whole of Bethlehem woken up? Ever thought about that? You've got this glorious racket going on and no one else hears or sees it apart from the angels, apart from the shepherds. Now, hear me clearly, hear me carefully rather. The shepherds, when the angels uh, went away, what did they do? It's interactive. (laughs) Press one on your phone for, they did nothing. What they, they they went to Bethlehem, that's right. There's why is it when I don't hand out prizes there's no answers? <laughs> you want to know what's in there, don't you? They went they went to Bethlehem. You see, they didn't start discussing, oh we saw this amazing angel and it was so brilliant and this light was so absolutely incredible. They didn't sort of go, Oh, here's an angel, hang on. No. take a selfie with the angel. They didn't go onto Facebook and say, oh, I just had this amazing experience. They simply went straight to, to Bethlehem because they wanted to find Jesus. They went straight to find Jesus. See, I, I, have, I have a heart for trying to seek the Lord, kind of whatever kind of that means. Sometimes you have a sense of... Um, a picture or a, a word or a Bible verse or something sort of comes into your mind in some way. And on very rare occasions, you can have just a wonderful sense of the Lord's presence. Here's my word of advice. If you sense that, stay there. Stay in that moment. Because if it's authentic, it will only draw you closer to Jesus. It'll only draw you closer to Jesus. See, I was going to recall some times when I think I might have had encounters with angels, but I'm not going to because it's not important. It's about Jesus. Don't get hung up on angels. The crucial next step is the angels appear. The crucial next step is they went to find Jesus. They went to encounter this King of Kings and this Lord of Lords. Because one day we will judge angels. That's what the Bible says. So let's be consumed with Jesus alone. So I I won't pick on you. Or will I? No, I won't pick on you. Has anyone this year had a sense of they felt God speak to them with a word, a picture, or they had like an incredible sense of God's presence in worship space, prayer and evening wildfires, anybody? Yeah, I won't pick on you, don't worry. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. Let me encourage you Not to focus on the emotion of the moment. It's a mistake I made many, many years ago, often. Don't focus on the emotion of that moment, but lean more into Jesus. Take time, wherever your secret place is, to look at the word of God, to mull over what it is you sense God say to you or the word that you've been given. Let the Lord develop the next stage. When we came into this building, it was before I was here. Chris Izzard didn't just look go, yeah, we'll take it, and we moved in. Chris then had to do the work with the other guys and the trustees to get the drawings and the electrics and all, everything done. So the Lord will unfold step by step by step. And I think, 
I've got a little thought of how he might do that for us, which I'll come to in a moment. So there is no formula to following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Here's two ways that light, light was seen. I've jumped, haven't I? Sorry. Allow the Holy Spirit to develop that word that you sense God has spoken to you. Please do that. If you did go to wildfires and had an amazing experience, you know, the way Mark leads us from the front is just stunning. And you can have a sense of God speaking to you. Go away, get before the Lord, and chat to him about it. Yeah? Please, let me encourage us to do that. So we see again in, in Matthew chapter 2, there's the story of the wise men. And uh, there was a light from this star. And they followed it. They came to Jerusalem because they needed to clarify its direction and so forth. And the star led them to Bethlehem over the place where Jesus was. They came before him, they worshipped him, and they gave their, their gifts. And yet no one else in the vicinity seemed to see this amazing light. Incredible. Sometimes you can be following a sense of God leading you and no one else gets it. Now, I'm a great passionate, I'm very passionate, you, you don't go off on your own way. Oh, God's told me this, and it's against the word of God. I'm very against that kind of thing. But it might be, you say, I've had this incredible experience of God, and no one else gets it. That's okay. Share it with people you trust, keep bringing it before the Lord, and let him develop it. If it's God, it'll develop. If not, it'll just die in the water, and it's okay. No one gets hurt. So as I just said, these are two ways in which light can be shown. But the only key to it is will it genuinely lead you to Jesus? Because it's not about us having lots of glory. It's not about us having amazing experiences. It's not about you know, being in the royal courts. And who, who wants to be in Herod's royal court? It's about getting closer to Jesus. At the end of the Gospels, we, we, we read the story of Peter, don't we, throughout the Gospels? Big fan of Peter. And he messes it up, he gets it wrong, he keeps making mistakes, he's got such a big mouth and so forth. He claims so much and he let Jesus down so badly, the way I would have done if I'd been there. So I'm not having a go, I would have been just as bad. Jesus died, rose again, and yet Peter goes fishing. You know, He goes back to his point of security. Fishing I can do, this discipling thing. So he goes back to his point of security. And often when you're struggling in your faith, just check that you haven't gone back to your point of security, whether it's the bottle or whatever. Don't go back to your point of security. What did Peter do? He's fishing, and another disciple says, it's the Lord on the beach. And suddenly, Peter doesn't think, oh, well, I'm going to show him. I've worked out from Isaiah who he was. Look at me. He just jumped in the water, and he went to Jesus. He just wanted to get to Jesus. No more bravado, no more show, no more I'm the great I am. He just wanted to get to Jesus. So, Jesus, he's brilliant, he's glorious, he's eye-wateringly wonderful. He is the light of the world. But there are many different types of light, aren't there? We've talked about the sun on a really blinding morning, and you also get those lovely sunsets over Sheppey in the summer after the rain. It's a really gentle, beautiful light. 
So in Bible times, it's quiz time again, how did they light their houses? <clears throat> Oil lamps. Yes. <laughs> Small little oil lamps. And these oil lamps needed to be looked after. So when Jesus, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, I wonder whether people thought about the sunshine or whether maybe they thought about a little oil lamp flickering in the side of their hut because they were in the dark 10, 12 hours a day. Yes. Psalm 119, verse 105, it says this, Your word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now we quickly come, or I quickly come, with my Western mindset, oh, light, well, that's got to be a sort of blinding floodlights or a blinding torchlight shining the way ahead. But maybe those in Bible times had maybe a better grasp on this different angle that maybe Jesus was, was, was trying to draw out of them. Maybe this oil lamp, it's vulnerable. It takes faith to believe that that light is going to shine is, is going to shine its way on a dark pathway. You see, I believe that God unfolds his word to us as we meditate on it, as we chew it over. Maybe you listen to it in the car, you just have a verse you kick around in your head when you're walking around Sainsbury's, that's absolutely fine. But we need to meditate on God's word. I believe that with this little lamp, Jesus shows us a step at a time. When I was preparing this, I had a picture of a, of a battleship, and it was night time. And I looked inside the battleship, and everyone's running around in red lights. I thought, red lights? Crazy, they can't see anything, that's ridiculous. But then the um, alarm went off, what do they call it, action stations. And all the guys and girls came running out onto the deck. But because they'd been in the red light, their eyes were already adjusted to what they came into. And I had a sense that maybe the Lord is saying to us that he's preparing us for battles ahead. Because the bad news is, next year, we have battles ahead. I wish I could tell you it's all cosy cuddle with Jesus, but there will be battles ahead next year. And I believe the Lord wants us to adjust our eyes in his presence, so that when we come into those battles, we will be focused and we will be ready. King David, again, a lot said about him in the Old Testament. He wrote many of the Psalms. And he is a man who is chosen by God. He is a man who is anointed by God. And he says in Psalm 27, I love this verse, and I can honestly say, I don't know how many months, every day, I just quote this. The Lord is my light, and the Lord is my salvation. And yet he was being hounded, he was being chased by enemies, by so-called friends. Even his brothers were on his case. And yet David, in the midst of all of that bankrash wallop, was able to say, you, Lord... You are my salvation. You are my light. How encouraging is that? All those times spent in caves, hiding, and yet the call of God was on his life. Lord, you are my light, and you are my salvation. No matter what his circumstances, he built his relationship with God. And no matter how difficult your circumstances, it is an opportunity to 
press in, to lean in to more of God through the difficulty. Maybe for some you think, well, my relationship with Jesus just feels like a bit of a flickering light, actually. It's not great. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's okay. Let his light take you on the next step. I mean, we, we sang the song and it, it's, it's, it's written here. <laughs> you know, it's coming up to 2020, 2020 vision, all the rest of it. But I think our 2020 vision, for me, the 2020 vision is turn your eyes upon Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. But please, it's the only way is for us to fix our eyes on Jesus and not on all the bells and whistles that are around us. Light is right in front of you. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now, what's the context? Can someone give me the context of John 8? What happened in John 8, 1 to 11? Come on, you scholars. <coughs> Adultery. Anyone? Scribes <laughs> and Pharisees bring in women. Anyone? The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman, not the man, as we heard, um, in, who was caught in adultery. The light of the world encountered this woman who was caught in this act of sin. The scribes and the Pharisees, they were caught in their rules, they were caught in their dogma, their lack of compassion, and they were challenging Jesus to declare the truth so this woman can be stoned. Here's the remarkable thing. The light of the world was standing right in front of them and they didn't see it. They just said, oh, you can't, you can't give witness to yourself. Who do you think they are? You are. And they go off into this massive argument. They completely missed it. Now, at the moment, I'm very aware with this podium that at the moment, on our television screens, we have politicians standing behind podiums saying this, that and the other, and it's not my place in any way to comment on that. So try and forget there's a podium here, because I want to say something carefully, not with a dogmatic heart, but to anyone who thinks God is irrelevant, God doesn't exist. You know, if God existed, why did that happen to me? Can I just, with all the love and respect in my heart, just say to you, maybe Jesus is standing right in front of you. He may be. Anyone been to Lakeside yet or whatever? Do the shopping? <laughs> what are the two songs that are on the coming, constantly coming through the PA system? Slade, of course. <laughs> and Greg Lake, Emerson Lake and Palmer. Yeah. They said there'd be snow at Christmas. They said there'd be peace on earth. They told me a fairy story <coughs> about a virgin birth. It's not a fairy story. Why are we giving our lives for a fairy story? It's not a fairy story. <laughs> I think Noddy Holder got it, got it right, didn't he? Look to the future now. It's only just begun. It's only just begun, folks. We're starting out on our journey. Maybe Jesus is right in front of you. And I think it's okay to pray, God, if you exist, you probably don't. But if you do... Show me. Don't even have to say amen. And I believe that in some shape or form, the Lord will, in, you, in a way that you can grasp, will start to unpack to you. That's not to patronise people who have um, deeply held views. I, I genuinely respect them. But just consider, maybe, 
Jesus is standing in front of you. So we're coming into land. Light. What ear? <laughs> what ear? So let's again read this utterly confusing and weird verse, which is a bit annoying when you're a kid. Because you think, what's all this about? I want to read about Jesus being born in the manger and get my Easter egg or my Christmas present. <laughs> I was always ahead of myself. So it says, the land of Zebulun, the land of Nephtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death, on them light has dawned. That's all a bit wordy and all a bit, you know, what on earth does that have to do with us here in Whitstable? Well, the word Zebulun, it means a place of dwelling. It can also mean a gift or a dowry or a prince even. And it was an area by the sea. It was known as a safe haven. Naptali means my struggling or my striving. So as I was preparing this morning, I had a sense that maybe the Lord would want to encourage us through these verses. Here in Whitstable, here in Hearn Bay, here in these coastlands where we live, it's a place where the Lord has given us to serve. It's a place where many of us have personally struggled and strived within ourselves. A place where those without Jesus are struggling in so many ways. Battling with brokenness, loss of hope and deepening darkness. Yet in this darkness, in this overwhelming difficulty, I see the gentle light of Jesus rising. Not a brilliant, incomprehensible light, but a general, a gentle, flickering light. Light drawing us out of the shadows. Let me share my, um, my hidden agenda with you this morning. Because it's not a hidden agenda. When I was praying, let me tell you what I was praying. As soon as Simon asked me to speak, I just prayed this. Father, I pray that everyone who is here today, those who are listening online or whatever, will deepen their relationship with you. Amen. That was it. And that's all I've been praying, along with other things. And yesterday evening, I went for a walk, and I just started praying that. I said, Jesus, would you just deepen, would people just deepen their relationship with you? And suddenly, this awful spasm pain went right across my back. How many people have got back problems this morning? Just wave. I won't pull you out. Don't worry. Okay. Really... Really love to pray for you guys afterwards. Not going to embarrass anyone publicly. And I thought, Lord, have I twisted myself? Have I done something? And you sense, no, the Lord wants to minister to people who have got back pain. So please let us pray for you before we go. I'm really, really aware of time, so I'm going to have to speed up on this. Forty-three minutes of times I practiced it. Okay. Would you kindly do the honours at the back, please? We're not going to put all the lights up. Don't worry, I'm not going to freak everybody out because I know some people may be a little bit feel a little bit uncomfortable when it's too dark. Okay, that, that, that's lovely. So, okay. What I want to do this morning is I want to encourage everybody to spend some time and get aside with Jesus and to light a candle. Okay? Now, there is nothing magical about the candle. It doesn't summon up God's presence. 
It doesn't make you more holy. Because it's Father Christmas goes ho, ho, ho. The angels go holy, holy, holy. And what I would like to do is just to encourage you to simply light a candle, take some time aside, and in the quietness of that place, just say, Jesus, you're the light of the world. I'm going to scrub all of that because I don't know where the time's gone. (laughs) I will go online one day. It's frustrating, there's much I wanted to share, but God knows what he's doing. So I want to encourage folk, light again, and I've got them here. Alan, have you got the baskets there? I've got, I've got 200 of these, so it should be enough. Um, and if, if, yeah, just, if you just let everyone who wants one have it. If you don't want one, don't have it. If you're under 16, please be responsible, get a responsible adult. If you can't find one, don't come to me. <laughs> um, if you light it, make sure you don't leave it unattended and so forth. But can I just encourage you to light this light? And what I've been doing is I've been lighting this light, turning everything off. <laughs> I've gone back to Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. And as I've lit this candle, and it's just been burning, I've, just been, pr- well, I've been praying the thing that we've been encouraged to do. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. It's very powerful. But light the candle. And for me, I've just been saying, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there is any wicked or devious way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Let me encourage you to do that. to pop the lights back up again please that would be fantastic I'm aware that time has slipped away would you just like to stand please (laughs) if you need to pick children up we want to honour the children's workers so please let's just present ourselves to God Father we want to thank you so much that you are a good God Jesus, we want to thank you that you are a light that shines in the darkness. And Lord Jesus, I just pray for all of us that in these coming days, we would deepen our relationship with you, Lord. That we would learn to hear your voice. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at WhitRiverside.